Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes for Magic the Gathering. I'm Will, and joining me as always is Frederick. Hello, this is Frederick, uh, the other host of Gutshot, uh, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that upholds the immortal science of anarcho-slobatism. Okay, um, uh, I, I figure that they'll probably take a couple of hours for you to explain that joke to me. So once we get off the air, I'm going to need you to like uh, sit me down and explain uh, what the hell that is. Just read some theory, and by theory, I mean Cody Vociferous Codex. I, I am. Ne- you are never going to make me read. I will. I will not read. Okay, that's fair. Oh, uh, sounds okay, like okay. a burn player. Oh. Um, <laughs> so what's on the table for today? Yeah, so uh, we actually have a lot of, like, older news to cover this episode. Uh, We're talking about the changes uh, to Magic's uh, organized play. Um, It kind of all went up in flames recently, and uh, we're going to uh, give our takes on what happened and uh, talk about what we want the most, us as entrenched Magic players, what we want the most out of a brand new OP system. Uh, And, you know, it's it's been a little bit since it was announced we have we've had time to uh, go through the five stages of grief and really think about what we want um so uh, all of our our thoughts here have percolated into something uh that um i think is going to be really good for wizards to finally listen to our podcast and take what we have to say to heart yeah yeah i agree um they have repealed and now it's time for them to replace and they have not really announced what system they would like to put in place for um, organized play. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about our personal ideas that we have. Maybe pipe dreams, maybe realistic. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, um, before we do that, I believe we have some front matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to make sure uh, that our listeners are updated on your experience with Modern Horizons 2. We, we spent a couple episodes talking about it. We were both super excited. I have not actually bought or played with any of the cards, but you have. Uh, and you, I, I, I think that you have a pretty interesting story to tell. Do you want to give us an update on your experience so far with Modern Horizons 2? Yeah, so <clears throat> mine has been great. And keep in mind, I would be saying that even if I didn't pull a foil Old Border Misty Rainforest at my pre-release, but I pulled nice. a foil Old Border Misty Rainforest at my pre-release. Um, I also pulled um, Friend of the Show, Asmorano, Mardicadice, and Nicoldicar, which I didn't realize was a $15 card. Um, mm. And so I, I did pretty well for myself at the pre-release, I would say. I also had a pretty kick-ass deck. Uh, I ended up only going 2-2 two and two because the two people I played against in the last round had even more kick-ass decks. Um, one of them had, uh, you know, a sort of hearth and home, uh, and then like just a couple of other really good rares in his colors. Uh, and then the next guy just had a very good sort of, uh, Grixis sacrifice style deck. Um, but every match I played was incredibly fun. Uh, it's a super good limited format. I really wish it was cheaper so I could play it more, but it's a super fun limited format. I ended up being able to trade the Misty to a guy who had just cracked five boxes, uh, a whale, I believe they call them. Mm. Um, And I ended up trading him the Misty for like two regular Misties, two regular Scalding Tarns, a Ragavan, a Shardless Agent, and a couple of other random rares. So I got most of what I need for the modern deck I'm excited about building. I would say Modern Horizons 2's limited environment is incredibly fun. That's really good to hear. And that tracks with everything else I've heard about the set uh so not surprised that uh that you like it uh i i all i'm doing is i'm just monitoring those fetch land prices and just seeing oh yeah bottom's gonna be um i i I, we may have already passed it because i'm starting to see prices creep up by a dollar or two here and there but i um you know have my full cart just sitting there ready to pull the trigger whenever i i i'm ready to spin that uh still large chunk of uh chunk of uh chunk of cash yeah I would uh, I would say soon. I think they are going to start going back up. Um, I have to sneeze. Vamp, 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 vamp. All right, I'm back. Vamp. It's totally possible that the um, the floor is like right now. Um, so yeah. if anybody needs the fetch lands and like wants to pull the trigger right now, you probably won't regret it too much. 
you know oh, yeah. uh like, like yeah especially if um because i've done the math on the the fetch lands that are being being reprinted from this set and the ones that i need and um it's still like a 500 hundred dollar investment and this is at the lowest prices in a very long time it's still mm -hmm. a, a huge amount but you know if you need them and you have the ability to spend that if you buy them right now it's probably you're probably not going to regret it too much yeah, absolutely. And like, even if you just buy one, a playset of one of the fetches and then wait till the next time they come around. The other thing is like, you know, look at the deck you're building with them. I mean, unless you just want to own a playset of all of them, look at the deck you're building with them. Like I looked at, I'm building the teamer deck and I was like, you know, I can make the fetch that's a four of wooded foothills since I already own them and then just play like two or three misty, two or three tarn and then be fine. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's smart. Accordingly. Yeah. I think that, I think that that's smart, you know, is, is thinking about the deck, like what gets you playing magic first instead mm -hmm. of having a, a, a perfect, um, uh, a perfect collection that's like going to serve needs in the future that might not ever come, you know, like right. a, sc a scalding tarn, you know, I would love to have them, you know, I should probably have them if I'm considering myself a serious competitive player, but like, I can't see myself actually buying or, you know, buying into a scalding tarn deck anytime soon. So it yeah, yeah it, it yeah so um something to keep in mind but let's go ahead and get into our OP changes and our uh, thoughts on that. If you like what we're talking about here, um, you know we we appreciate you coming in and uh, um, you know spending your time with us uh, talking about magic. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube uh, and you like the video, go ahead and like the video. We'd really appreciate that. And you feel free to subscribe if you would like more of that juicy. Uh, gut shot content the bell icon is there if you want notifications but more than anything we want to hear what you have to say about what we're talking about so leave a comment uh, in the uh, youtube or you can tweet at us at gut pod whether you agree with us or you think we're a bunch of uh, dirty commies and want to you know yell at us for our uh, um uh, politics you can you can do that um we want to hear what you have to say and i'm totally interested in uh, reading any comments we get uh on air and you know uh, uh getting a little interaction with you all so you know keep that in mind we really appreciate you and uh let's get into op changes so yeah, and tell uh, us what you want organized play to look like yeah yes we definitely want to hear that as well so we're about a month away from this but May 13th, um, you know, the Magic Esports account uh, on magic.gg uh, uh, posted a update uh, called Esports Transitions and Getting Back to the Gathering. Uh, and basically, the long and short of it is that the current OP system, so that would be the Magic Pro League, NPL, and the Rivals League, which was added later, but we've had for about a year or two now, is officially ending, just kaput, gone completely, at the end of the 2021-2022 season, which I believe is the season we're currently in. A lot of people aren't going to be able to answer that question because no one knows how any of this was supposed <laughs> to work to begin with. Um, but that's why I believe it's happening right now. Uh, and they said that there would be they would be transitioning into a different system. However, they weren't able to give any details on what the current what the next uh, organized play system was going to look like. And multiple times in the update, they asked us to be very patient with them. But they added a few details that they wanted to make us aware of. Um, one of them, uh, and I'm quoting here, in-person play is a unique strength for Magic, and we need to lean into that. Uh, another quote, digital play is here to stay, but is only part of the equation. Uh, and this was not in the announcement, but they, um, the Magic Esports Twitter account tweeted and a lot of people have been linking to this and something like this really should have been in the original yeah. uh, announcement uh that op will not and this is another quote op will not be explicitly designed to support competitive magic as a career path however there will be grand prix ptq and pro tour like events now that's a that's a, a huge statement right there um and i think that that kind of gives the um gives the game away a little bit on where they're thinking about going. Um, so, I mean, honestly, that's all of the real details that we have right now about what's coming up. Uh, but more than anything, they want us to be patient. So let me ask you, Fred, um, before we hear your, <clears throat> excuse me, before we hear your dream OP structure, what do you think about this announcement? Are you sad uh, to see the Magic Pro League and the Rivals League uh, go away? Or do you think this was a needed change? I'm going to be honest, I get, excuse me, 
Um, I'm going to be honest, I get most of my uh, Magic the Gathering enjoyment just at the LGS level. Um, I've never been one of those people who's, like, fantasized about being a pro player. Um, I, I mean, I've fantasized about beating Paulo Vitar Damo de Rosa, uh, but that has nothing to do with pro Magic. Um, I just don't, like, I don't aspire to that. This is a game and a hobby for me. I think it's really cool for the people who are able to make it a, a, um, a, a career. My thing is, like, if this money is going to, uh, like, LGSs to be able to provide really good prize support in tournaments, cool promos, stuff like that, then I'm excited that this change is happening because it sort of spreads the wealth down to, um, you know, the LGS level, your average player. But I have a feeling that this gutting of prize support and this restructuring of the Magic Pro League is going to just be more money in Hasbro's pockets, in which case I am fully against it. I think, you know... Uh, prizing for everyone, uh, stuff like GPs, like mid-level events that, like, you can drive to and participate in without having any, like, clout behind your name. Uh, like, if the money's going there, then that would be awesome, but I have a, I have a strong feeling that it's not. So that's, that's my worry here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and we just recently got the news, and this is separate from this announcement, but we got the uh, announcement that the uh, $1 million prize pool for, I think, mm -hmm. Worlds was just recently very quietly cut down to $250,000. Uh, you know, when $1 million was promised uh, to, to those pro players, and they were working towards that tournament with the idea that winning it would be a $1 million. Now, where is that money going? You know, $750,000. Right. That's just going right back into uh, the company's pocket, right? Like that's not being, uh, as far as we know, that's not being reinvested into anything just yet. So uh, developments like that really make me agree with you that like we don't know where this extra money that they're saving by doing this is going. And if it's not being reinvested into organized play, then like, you know, where's where's it going? How is it going to the benefit of the players? That's something to be really worried about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my chief worry, and just they they seem to have been be making more and more anti-consumer decisions as this goes on. Uh, between the the secret layer, if you spend enough money on secret layers, you get the opportunity to purchase a secret layer, um, a secret layer uh, playmat that just advertises secret layers, just stuff like that. Um, you know, all these like online exclusive products. It just doesn't give me a lot of faith that this money is actually going to go toward incentivizing players to play their game competitively sure yeah yeah well i would say that now is the time for us to speak up right because they are currently working on a system and now is like the one time where they would be most willing to listen to players um because i mean everyone has an opinion on this we have an opinion we're talking about it on our podcast um but this i i do think that this is the time for magic players to be as vocal as they can about what they want organized play to look like mm -hmm. um you know it, it i me personally i'm actually glad to see the magic pro league uh disappear i i see what they were doing you know trying to make it like try to make these esports stars that would have all these deals and that would be super popular streamers and everyone would like follow their favorite pros and like root for them like their team uh you know like it's baseball or football yeah or something like that i i get why they were trying to do that it, it does make a sort of amount of sense but i don't think that it translates as well onto magic as you think that it would and basically mm. the um old op system that was just uh gotten rid of was super super top heavy and, and again just like you you know i like to i like to think about magic on a competitive level but i am not a competitive player so to see all of that money spent on like the best like 40 people and the entire game and then like very very little on the little guys like us uh is not the op system i want to like put time into and like try to be, you know that doesn't make me want to be better at magic or spend more money on cards or try to be uh you know as good as the game uh, good at the game as i could be so i'm glad to see the op system uh um it, be getting rid uh be gotten rid of um but i'm I, I really think that the main change needs to be that uh focus away from the top level and i think you would agree with that yeah i think so oh i think they either need to go in on the top level or give up on it right like are are, are people able to make a living off of magic should players aspire to be able to make a living off of magic or should they not 
Like right now, they're doing like just enough money that you can't feasibly make a living off of magic. But also, GPs are boring because magic has been or Wizards of the Coast have been slowly cutting off prizes to them. So like, right. either have really cool GPs and have it kind of top out there, or put all the money into pro magic and make it a big spectacle. You could make it a big spectacle if you make it important enough. Also, ju- well, okay, people who are very good at Magic: The Gathering tend to not be very interesting. Um, so I, I feel like that's part of it like you there's only so much personality you can build around one of these like kind of greasy white dudes sure um, yeah i mean i mean ellis v is a very charismatic uh personable person i i like his content but yeah i mean he is one in a million uh there's a lot of people who are at the same like level of play as him that are do not have that charisma and do not have uh you know that uh uh personable outgoing uh 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 personality uh that he has so you're absolutely right on that yeah, the only thing interesting that he's done outside of magic was cheat on his wife. So, like, uh, there's reasons to root against him, but not necessarily for him. I don't really know. Um, I, I just think, like, there's not the cult of personality that you have around famous sports stars like um, Ronaldo or... Messi. Day 9. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's not much... Maybe they just need to get, like, straight-up regular celebrities in the Magic Pro League. Just go full into internet personalities and get rid of all the actual Magic players. I want the Pro Tour top eight to be Snooki, Ted Kaczynski, he's out of jail, Uh, OJ Simpson, um, uh, uh, Michael Buble, John Legend... Sure, uh, I need three more. Um, Khloe Kardashian, she always gets underrepresented. Sure, yeah, yeah. Let's get, um... Uh, oh, let's get the uh, Philly fanatic in there. I don't know who that is. Oh, that's the um, uh, the mascot, the guy in the big the big fursuit for um, the Philadelphia. Oh God, what's the baseball team for uh, Philadelphia? Not gritty, uh, right? No, not gritty, but something along those lines. Okay, yeah. Well, let's and get then, gritty um, in there. Let's get gritty in there. Okay, let's get gritty in there, and then Sargon of Akkad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I think I think that this is great. Uh, it, it seems like both of us are uh, agreed that like the current system was not working. It was good that they got rid of it, and we're both pretty hopeful about what is going to come. So, um, do, do you want to start us off, or do you want me to uh, go ahead and start with our dream OP structure? I think you should go ahead. I'm excited to hear sure. about yours. Yours is probably going to make more sense than mine. Mine's going to be oh. a bit of a pipe dream. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. I'm happy with what I came up, and I think it does a good job of like we said it it retains the top end um so there's still that spectacle at the top but it really focuses on the little guys down at the bottom uh so just a couple of major tenets and like uh, philosophy points uh for the system uh, you know wizards of the coast and i agree paper play must be a major component going forward um it's a real shame that magic has kind of thrown its history away getting rid of dci numbers even if that system didn't work anymore it should have been kept as a legacy component because one of magic's major strength is its history you know the um kind of um the uh story of it being the first and still best in my opinion mm-hmm. card game uh you know should be celebrated and that does mean integrating paper play fully into op and uh having digital only be a part of it but still an important part uh, d- digital must be correctly utilized as a tool including allowing some players to find success as digital only players let's be honest this is the 20 you know it's 2021 um paper play you and i both love paper play but there are players that are just digital only and i think that uh, organized play should serve them and also get them uh give them a path to the top as a top player uh and then one more uh point the core of competitive magic the gathering i do believe should be at the lgs or online for those online players but um wizards in the last like 10 years has made a good push towards this um you know by having like a pptqs um at the uh, store level and having like store championships i think that those were were good um uh things but like you should be you should be able to um be a high level competitive player and have your start 
at an LGS and have that mm-hmm. be a stepping stone to the next level. Um, do, do you have any, uh, um, uh, do you agree with, with most of those tenants as, as being something that's uh, worthy of focusing on uh, for an OP system? Yeah, I would say that that strategy has um, pretty much informed my, I think our systems are going to look a lot different, but the core tenants, other than the thing about supporting digital, I haven't really put anything in there about that. Okay. Um, maybe I'll have to modify that, but um, yeah, like I, uh, the the same core tenants inform both of our systems, other than my sort of, I guess, resentment for digital magic. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, I do think that's a good thing. Like I said, it, it's a tool and it needs to be correctly utilized. Um, but I think the big thing for me is that GPs or whatever they want to call them, they'll probably still call them Magic Fest. I don't know. But GPs, I do think, should become the focus of competitive play. And we've spoken about this when this news first broke. I think I said something to you about how um, how like topping a GP is still like a really great um uh, achievement um, that's you know, mm-hmm. worthy of being like excited about. Like there are tons of people who would like be happy forever if they only top aided one GP in their right. entire lives. Right. I think that, uh, yeah, Grand Prix should become the major focus for competitive play going forward. And, we know that magic players love this convention atmosphere that GPs have. So why, you know, we can, we can definitely lean into that, have all the side stuff, have people who aren't interested in playing the main event, uh, you know, go and play commander and like um, do all that extra stuff. You know, you have the cosplayers and all that stuff, but the main event of um, the GPs be like, the main avenue for making a name for yourself um you know if if you top a gp that's a that's a great um uh i mean it's an honor it's like you know like yeah. one of the one of the better things that you can do in magic um and if you can top a gp i think that that's worthy of saying that you are one of the better players uh you know at least in your region and probably on par with all the better players in the world um that's why we that's why we see the same names uh topping gps over and over again is because to be able to do that you have to have be a certain like caliber of player so I, i i do think that wizard should definitely lean into um uh, you know, doing the GP uh, circuit and uh, having it kind of go back to its former glory. You know, back when you know GPs were like almost every weekend, they went all around the country and they went across the world as well. And maybe you could have some weekends where there are multiple GPs, like maybe there's a US GP and then a um, like an a uh, you know an Asia GP or something like that. Um, would, would you sure. would you like to? Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Would you would you like to see something like that? Yeah, remember what they took from you. Um, my, I would say GPs were like the height of magic for me, um, I, mostly because the side events were so fun. I would say I peaked when I won a PBTQ. You know, yeah. that's like all the satisfaction as a competitive magic player that I'll probably need for the rest of my life, right? Um, sure, sure. But especially because of who I beat in the finals at PBTQ. But um, basically, like, yeah, I think I think that like the core thing about the biggest event for magic should be that if it's near you, you should be able to go, you know, like Pokemon mm-hmm. nationals is, um, for, for the U S is always in, um, Indiana or Ohio, which are like pretty central locations. Uh, and then like, you know, if you win that you get, or if you top eight nationals, you get flown into worlds, or if you just get enough points for winning tournaments throughout the year, you get flown into worlds. Like Pokemon makes it, as as easy as logistically possible to get people to the biggest possible tournaments. And I think Magic could do a lot better job of that. So I think making GPs the center of it, you know, like, I guess I can't say the city that we're both from, um, but, like, it had a GP once a year without fail. And it was like that. I, I don't know about you, but for me as a Magic player, it was the highlight of my year. Yeah, um, ab- was absolutely. when our city had its GP. Um, and, yeah, like, I just... You know, same with, like, GP Vegas um, or, you know, the, whatever else. Like, there's just big – it's a big event. It's a big event. It's like um, – it's like the – never mind. I can't say that. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Uh, one extra thing I want to throw on here is that these GPs have to have – 
classic style coverage like we gotten used to over the last uh 10 years and kind of got uh messed up a little bit in the last few because of the uh, magic pro league um you know so i'm thinking that you know like classic scg uh cedric phillips patrick sullivan type commentary on you know feature round you know feature rounds round by round that people can really uh you know tune into on twitch and watch and like learn about their favorite format and see uh, you know see people like new people plus you know names that they know already i think that that was enough to um you know get that star power um going like we all knew who lsv was before yeah um, uh before the mpl because you know just like being good at magic and being able to get into those feature mat matches was enough to make a name for yourself uh in magic so yeah we definitely need that classic style coverage that's something that magic should not throw away and should embrace as something uh that's that is a part of this game yeah and like to add on that i think if like it seems like Wizards is hell bent on getting non magic personalities involved in magic, which to a certain extent I understand. But when you replace pro players in big pro players in big events with these big personalities, like these Hearthstone streamers, these just general streamers, Mr. Beast, like those types of people, it's a bit insulting to the people who worked hard to get in those events. But the casting slots, like yeah, have Louis Scott Vargas or Marshall Sutcliffe or somebody who really knows what they're talking about doing the casting, and then have like Post Malone helping them do that or get oh, yeah. like you know whatever personality you're going to pay a bunch of money to have cast magic inform them what the popular decks do and then have them like narrate the tournament you know it's kind of it would be kind of fun to watch you know an experienced magic player explain to i don't know Dwayne the rock johnson like <laughs> what complicated plays are happening within the game i don't think that would be such a bad thing no, no, definitely not. Um, so I think that's definitely something that Magic should do. Now, on top of that, um, because I do think there needs to be a pinnacle. Like, we like, like, big, like, huge worlds, like, events. And I think that Magic does need something like that. So there will be a, um, in my system, there is a worlds event that um, Grand Prix and other premier tournaments feed into. And uh, these, I do think, should be, like, massive spectacle-type things, kind of like, uh, you know, those huge esports events that happen in, like, actual, like, sports <clears throat> stadiums. Uh, kind of like mm -hmm. uh, Dota's International. Um, are you familiar with the International and how, like, huge that thing is? Yeah, it's the one that goes like Sayo. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It has um like multiple like millions of dollars in prizes and I think it happens twice a year. I'm not exactly sure, but it's like a huge event and uh has all it's basically what Magic thought the Magic Pro League was going to be. Um yeah. Magic should have one of these, I think. Um only once a year. It can't be, you know, like a pro tour level where it happens every four months. I think once a year and don't have it go around the world. Uh, I think we're past the whole, you know, play magic, see the world phase of magic. Um, just always have it be in Seattle because, uh, you know, Seattle is, you know, where magic is made. It is like the home of magic, you know, throw like um, tours of Wizards of the Coast. Like, you know, I think just having it in Seattle, um, that probably saves them a ton of money on having it, just having it in one place, like their esports stadium uh, where, you know, all like huge competitive magic happens. Uh, and keep the You Become a Card prize as the pinnacle of cheap. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't think it needs to be like, oh, a million dollars or, you know, however many thousands of dollars. Have it just be a couple of thousand dollars and you get your face on a magic card for, you know, for the rest of the time. I think that that's enough of a draw to um, make people want to really work um, to get into worlds. And there'll be some cash uh, in it, but it's not going to be a million dollars. Nobody needs to be paying a magic player a million, uh, a million dollars. Um, but I, I do think there needs to be something big once a year um, that all of this kind of premier magic can feed into. Yeah. And I think keeping it in Seattle every year uh, opens up the possibility of my dream which is an annual Gavin Verhey clam chowder dunking booth. I think that would be a very good time. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, now, I do think that, um, like I said, there should be digital-only players. Um, and I think that a similar system can be can be thrown in there. We have the top arena pl um, players, uh, you know, every, like, just regularly, like maybe monthly or quarterly, I don't know. But just have the top arena ladder players playing qualifier tournaments. Um, and, and, you know, Wizards would have to 
put in, uh, they would have to invest into arena to become a great tool for op which they haven't done yet but i mean honestly they should and it would require them to do that but it could definitely be done you know ever like let's say every let's just say every month um all the top arena uh ladder players like maybe like if you're top 1000 uh in um like um either standard limited or um historic they all play in the qualifier tournament and then like the top whatever of those go into maybe like a um uh, another qualifier and then like mm-hmm. the top players of that qualifier get put into worlds and then that and then that is the the ladder for um you know digital only players to really prove that they deserve um you know to to be in the worlds and then they can be flown into uh you know uh, Seattle and be given cards uh, and you know maybe uh, worlds can all be like online and like a um uh you know like an esports type thing um you know that which would make it better to watch for sure uh and you know just have that be the ladder for digital only players and we could definitely have something for lgs players too and this is where i really think the uh, the infrastructure should be put we already have a store championship like event uh, that happens in lgs's why not have that work the same way so your um, store can have like a, a store championship for each set which i think still happens uh and have those feed into um you know qualifiers for worlds and these regional qualifiers can be run kind of like gps you know like uh, we have the gp organizers of old that could do these um you know regional qualifiers and if the infrastructure doesn't work out that way these could definitely be run online too um, oh yeah 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 you know it's like you know uh win the store championship at your lgs uh and then it's like oh you get an invite into this online tournament and then that online tournament can get you into um uh, can get you into worlds where you can go play you know with your paper cards or play online if that's how they decide to do it but like have that same kind of feeder system that goes from the lgs to the big worlds event um and that's pretty much it i i think that that's enough uh, you know and that gives the um smaller players like you and i plenty of opportunities to play and gives us those kind of high stakes tournaments to care about yeah you know uh and then um you know when when your gp comes to your town once a year um that's when you're like okay this is the tournament where i get to like you know prove that you know if i spike it gives you that dream right oh if i could just spike this real quick i can uh you know (laughs) prove that i you know deserve to be at worlds and kind of it makes it exciting right and you can be on you know coverage and stuff so that is my op system um overall what do you think of the system is this something that you would like to um put time into as a magic player Yeah, I like it a lot. It's a hell of a lot better than our current system, and I think better than any system that we've had since I've been playing. Uh, You know, I just missed out on the mailing full art promos. Um, I think this, yeah, I think it would solve a lot of problems. I think obviously it would screw over pro players a little bit, but so would just gutting their funding. There's not really anything positive to be done there. And it takes that and puts it at the LGS level and gives people something to play for. I think the caveat would be, I guess, like, if you're going to have... paper tournaments feed into digital tournaments, then if you won a paper tournament and that got you your invite to a digital tournament, you should temporarily get an account with all cards unlocked on it um, so that you don't sort of get something you have to buy as a reward for a paper tournament if you only play in paper normally. Um, But yeah, I think it's a good system. I I think it's very sound. I like it a lot. You're right. There are con- uh, there are concerns about that. Now, I think that I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I mean, if you're serious about Magic, you should just have an Arena account that you keep up. You know, it's like if you want to be serious about Magic, it's kind of not defensible for you to just be like, I'm not an Arena player. I don't play Arena. You know, so I, I would I would say that. Uh, you know, these people should just have arena accounts, but you're right. Something like that would need to be thought about. And they have the infrastructure to be able to do that. Like we know that like accounts exist, uh, you know, they have the ability to just make accounts um, that, you know, have, you know, all cards on, especially if it's just a one tournament where you just need to register one deck for one tournament. Uh, you know, that surely should be able to be done, but you're, you're right. They would need to think about that. Um, but yeah, j- just arena needs to be used as a tool. And there are lots of ways that tool can be used uh, to great effect. And it just, I mean, arena just needs a tournament. Uh, like it needs a tournament mode and it also needs uh, a, um, a spectator mode. Like they absolutely have to have something like that for this to, um, uh, yeah to to exist um but all that being all that being said i would be happy with this but there's a lot of other systems i think i would be happy about i want to hear what your system is fred uh what do you want to see out of magic op 
So I have, you know, raged against the dying of the light in terms of digital magic um, taking over paper. Uh, my system doesn't mention digital magic at all, which I realize I probably should have. Uh, just maybe you can earn these points through digital magic. Just pretend I said that. Sure. Um, I, I think I disagree with you on you having to have an arena account. I think once arena hosts modern I, and commander, four-player commander, I could agree with that. But until then, there are two huge formats, including one of which is probably the biggest format, that just don't exist on arena right now. Um, or, like, facsimiles of them exist on Arena in the form of Historic or Historic Brawl. Um, but, anyway, I have created a system that is pretty much entirely LGS-based. I was a little more generous with my prizing for the World Championship, um, just because I think Wizards can afford it. Now, I think yours is more realistic, because just because they can afford it doesn't mean they're going to do it. But... If I magically owned Wizards of the Coast or owned Hasbro tomorrow, this is what I would do with the um, with the reward system. So, starting off at the LGS level, which is where I really want to sort of water that area in terms of magic play, um, we're going to have a point system that gives you points you can exchange for promos, and the emphasis is on showing up and playing in events and socializing, right? You want to just get people in. You don't want to restrict these behind playing. Now, there's more points for winning, but essentially, when you show up to your LGS for Modern, Standard, Commander, whatever weekly event, you get uh, tournaments will fire as long as they have at least four people. You get 100 points for participating in a tournament, 20 more points for placing in top four, 20 more points if there's, seven, if there's more than seven people at the tournament, 20 more points if there's more than 15 people at the tournament, and then 20 more points if you win for a maximum okay, okay. of 180 points. Now, now, these points... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this just reminds me a lot of Planeswalker points, which we already ha- you know, know about and have uh, infrastructure for. Yeah, I thought that was a neat system, even though I missed out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then essentially, these points can be... Pl- uh, these points are strictly for getting promos. They don't have anything to do with qualifying for other tournaments. But sure. they are for getting prizes that will get players excited. So for 100 points, which is just showing up to a tournament and like it not necessarily... Like, you, you, know, you, know, you didn't do well, not many other people showed up, whatever, like the minimum. You get uh, to pick, based on format, um, an already cheap but good card, uh, sort of uncommon, common level. Um, and I, I've, I've, I've put some examples here. So for standard, we're thinking things like Shock or Professor Zoomancy. For modern, we're thinking things like Romand or Burning Tree Emissary. For Commander, I listed Orzov Signet and Factor Fiction. Just these cards that are pretty cheap already, but like, you know, people who play those formats a lot would probably know what they do off the top of their head. Uh, and these are just like, basically the, the promos would have a treatment based on the set that they came out alongside, and they would rotate every three months when a new standard set comes out. So if the new set is in it, returned to Innistrad, then these cards would all be Innistrad themed. Um, and then for 350 points, you're going to have to save a little bit for these. You're going to have to, you know, show up to a couple tournaments, maybe do pretty well at them. For 350 points... Um, I've set aside some cards that like need reprints due to price and will be desirable by players. So for standard, Bonecrusher Giant and Heliod Suncrowned. Um, for modern, Renin Six, Wooded Foothills, they could rotate through the fetch lands slowly, and that would be something that would get a lot of modern players going to their LGS, even if they had to like win a tournament two weeks in a row to get one. It's mm. it's uh, you know it's something you fought for. It's like a reward, and you get to put it in your modern deck and immediately play it. Uh, and then for commander, I put Sword of War and Peace and Damnation. Uh, hmm. as the examples for that slot. Uh, and then, like, based on the set that most recently came out, deck box, 200 points, sleeves, 250 points, play mats, 300 points. Basically, the idea being that if you just show up to one FNM like, once a set, like, if you're that level of player, you can get a, one of the, like, low-point promos just to commemorate it. But if hmm. you're a grinder, if you really want to work your ass off to try to get that play set of Sword and War, Sword of War and Peace by coming in and winning Commander every week for three months to get like that play set of Sword of War and Peace or that play set of Ren and Six, you have that option and you'll be rewarded for that sort of dedication. Um, but they're, they're promos, uh, essentially, and they just, like, I've, I've tried to pick cards as examples that would just sort of get players excited. Uh, those promos would be guaranteed not to be reprinted again, uh, in that, like, promo visual sense. Um, yeah. so, like, you know, once this set is over and, like, let's say Path to Exile was the cheap modern reprint, that art of Path to Exile will never be released again. So you know you have something unique, and you got it just for going and playing at your LGS. Hmm. <clears throat> what do you think about that kind of system? I think either either mailing or giving them to the LGS to hand out would be best. I don't know. Like, I know some LGSs would take advantage of having those promos to sell, potentially. So maybe you would want to mail them, especially the higher point reward ones, 
but what do you what do you think about that system i i really like it now magic players you know they're gamers we know magic players they'll do everything they can to game a system and i think that this gives them a system that's fun to game right i, I don't mean game in, in the sense of they're like cheating or like trying to like get one over on on wizards over this but just like you know you know it's a game it's it's a game within a game and i know that magic players would absolutely love that you know it's like do i want to you know get the cheap card or do i want to save up you know it's a, you know and they, they kind of um get to um you know test their metal and try to get uh, new cards i i love this um i think the only thing is like with was yeah it, it would make sense for um uh wizards to like mail this stuff out to players and that seems like a pretty big cost uh for them um so yeah they would have to work out some way that would make it the logistics of that um to be easy but if they could pull it off that would do a that would do so much to get people into uh into you know stores and playing i think that's great yeah, I think uh, you could like just do like a five dollar subscription every three months on your Wizards account. Like when a new set comes out, you pay the five dollars, uh, and then like at the end of the set, like when the, right before the next set comes out, maybe you put in what promos you want based on your points, and they send you those plus something else to justify the five dollar like subscription. Like they send you some other promo for free. Um, sure. That yeah, that up, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Just something something to 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 offset the cost of shipping. Um, but I mean, I think players would pay shipping themselves if they could have a wooded foothills mailed to them for playing in a few FMs. Um, right, right, and maybe yeah, yeah, maybe they could like co uh, contract out a uh, vendor like um, Card Kingdom or something mm -hmm. that already has like uh, infrastructure for that. Just be like yeah. Card Kingdom. Here's whatever, however many thousands of dollars, um, you know, and here's the, here's the data. Here, you know, yeah, here's money and here's the data. Send the stuff out, and here's the product. Yeah. Although with secret layers, maybe they have the infrastructure now. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, secret layer might give them the infrastructure to be able to do that. That sounds great. I would absolutely want to play in that system. Yeah. So, but I've got more. Um, we've got uh, what I would like to take the place of GPs, Magic Fest, whatever you want to call them. I listed them as GPs here, but really you can call them whatever. Um, once a year in each large city, you know, Vegas would get one. Um, Cincinnati would unfortunately get one. <laughs> um, Quebec, uh, if that's a city. I don't know anything about Canada. Hmm. Um, New Brunswickshire. Sure. Uh, New Delhi. Uh, Tokyo. Just uh, big cities would get GPs once a year each. Um, you get 500 of those FNM points for participating, you know, so you can get some nice stuff, as well as an exclusive promo, which would change annually. The kind of GP promos they have been doing, Progenitus, Stoneforge Mystic, uh, Aether Vial, etc. Yeah. Um, they would rotate ideally, so like one year GP Vegas would be standard, uh, and GP New York would be modern, and then the next year GP Vegas would be commander, and um, GP New York would be uh, standard, like whatever else. Um, so that it's different each year. Um, and winning a GP gets you a spot at Worlds. Um, top aiding two GPs gives you a spot at Worlds as well. Um, and top aiding another GP after you qualify for Worlds um, means that Wizards will pay for you to be flown to Worlds and pay for your hotel for two nights. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really do honestly think Wizards can foot the bill for this pokemon does it and their tcg infrastructure is so much lighter so is their mm -hmm. video game infrastructure they do not make the money off the tcg that like magic the gathering does so i really think wizards could afford to do it um pokemon pays for a lot more people's worlds invite than i think this would be asking them to but i mean i don't know i don't know the behind the scenes logistics but that's just my proposal um and then each gp would have like a couple thousand dollar prize pool depending on the size of the gp um, the GPs in our city would have a pretty big thing. And then I think also, like, um, side events could award these points. Of course, these points are in addition to, like, whatever packs the store provides. But um, the GP side events would also be able to reward packs, maybe have that classic prize wall. I remember the GP prize wall being, like, my favorite part of going. You know, me and my friend would, like, spend the whole weekend at the GP doing side events and then, like, share a box of Eternal Masters at the end of it. Um, yeah that feeling is so cool that is like one of my favorite memories as a magic player so like the side events need to be robust um buying a side event uh pass for the weekend should give you the gp promo um just so that people who people don't feel obligated to play in a bigger event than they want to just to get the exclusive promo that commemorates the event 
Um, but essentially, that's my that's my idea for GPs. And uh, what are your thoughts on that before we move on to my idea for the World Championship replacement? Oh yeah, also winning a GP gets makes Magic the Gathering print a token with your face on it in a couple sets. You don't get to design oh. a card, but like the human soldier token in the next core set or whatever is going to be you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the prize wall comparison. You're absolutely right. Um, and that was a, a big success of GPs, you know, in the early, you know, 2010s. Uh, and, and like once we discovered that technology, it took off and now it was like an expected thing from everything, uh, you know, any big uh, tournament thing. So you could definitely, this entire thing could be uh, themed as a prize wall, like a, you know, virtual prize wall or, you know, LGS prize wall or something like that, um, you know, kind of lean into that. And uh, yeah, that's already proven to be a good idea. And we should, uh, we should definitely lean into that. Um, I, I imagine that, you know, the uh, quote, pro players would be kind of upset that like the main prize uh for gps is uh having to win or like top in multiple gps because that's like their complaint is that um you know the, the idea is that like a uh, wizards won't subsidize a pro player lifestyle uh, style and right now the the pro player lifestyle is going to multiple gps um I don't know if we'd want a system that would incentivize going to GPs that aren't your local GP, you know, mm, because yeah. we don't want to, I, I, I wouldn't want to create a system where to be a, like a top magic player, you have to have the funds and availability to go to city after city after city to chase these GP wins. Um, like that's the, that's the lifestyle that a one wizards has said they don't want to, um, uh, subsidized anymore and i don't want to have to encourage that kind of behavior from other players you shouldn't have to do that to be able to be um you know a pro magic player but then again if you don't want to do that you should just win your gp <laughs> the one that's in your town right or <laughs> yeah i guess pretty high on there yeah i guess the way i was picturing it was that like people wouldn't plan to go to worlds every year you would go to yeah. Worlds, like, every few years when you're able to win a GP or top eight two GPs. And, like, if you top eight a GP one year, you can top eight a GP next year and then go to Worlds. Yeah, okay, um, that that, make, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. That was what I was envisioning, but maybe you're right. I mean, I, it could definitely use some tweaking. Um, but sure. I think the focus on the GP as the biggest competitive event would be my priority. No, absolutely. No, I, I, I love the system. I, th I definitely think that it's uh, workable and would make a lot of people happy. Yeah, so as for my world championship, um, instead of cutting the prize pool to a quarter, I would double it uh, simply okay, yeah. um, to $2 million prize pool. Winner gets a vanity card, uh, as is the standard now. I think that shouldn't change. That's you know one of the coolest things about Pro Magic. Uh, and your invitation would be based on GP performance. Um, you can, you know, you can hold your like GP top eight for a couple of years to like get another one to get into worlds. Um, but I would want worlds to be maybe like, you know. 128 people maybe 64 people like around that size um no invites to like hearthstone streamers or league of legends streamers or chess streamers like to get them into magic they can like yeah. cast the event there could be like separate sort of like tournaments for them I, I don't remember what they did last year but they just had like a bunch of chess pros and like random people who were like internet famous do a magic tournament that they subsidized and i don't think it was that expensive for them and they, like that's fine if that gets people into magic yeah, um, just like a just like a uh, like an invitational that doesn't like feed into any sort of other thing. It's just this is an exhibition. It's just for fun. Um, you know, there's a little bit of prizes on the line, but it's just a fun week of watching people you know play magic. But have it like just be that. Yeah, I would just like yeah, like I don't I don't I don't want the actual pro tour to have like Dream at it or whatever. Is Dream yeah, sure. does everybody like him or does everybody hate him? I haven't uh, kept up. I, I don't know. I don't keep up with the streamers. I don't remember if he got canceled or if everybody, if he's just like the new guy everyone likes. So yeah, yeah. Have, have Ninja, you know, show up to an actual pro tour. Uh, and while he's in the middle of defeating his opponent, his wife uh, brings a sandwich not asked for. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no, um, I, I, I think that like the, the sort of promotional, like outside of magic personalities should be kept separate from the magic players just for the, not sanctity, but just to respect the the amount of effort that that pro players have put into into playing the game. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my overall system. I think it does seem a little less realistic than your system, but I, I don't know. It's what I want. No, <laughs> I, 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 no, I think like. it's 
No, I think it's a it's great. Rewarding people for playing, I think, is a really great effort. And uh, yeah, it, like just like with mine, it would take the creation of a lot of infrastructure. But once you have that infrastructure, like, okay, so we all know the story of like, you know, you're on like a store's Facebook page and people are like, oh, you know, is anybody, um, is anybody playing modern tonight? And then the entire thing is like 20 people being like, I'll play if there's eight people, but then like no one comes because everyone's waiting for there to be eight people but no one ever comes and plays if if yeah. you re if you reward people for showing up they will show up um you know uh, especially if you know your tournaments require a small amount uh, you know a, a certain amount of people to be able to play you know like people need that extra incentive to actually roll out bed and uh in 20 you know roll out bed and then 20 minutes later be shuffling up a deck and playing cards uh yeah. so i i love the idea of rewarding players and um yeah uh, if they wanted to do it they could definitely do it i mean they uh, wizards and you know hasbro's had record profits uh, you know just announced so they have the money if they wanted to invest in this stuff uh it's just you know are they going to and hopefully they're listening to us and uh, listening to our great ideas and uh willing to put what we're saying here into practice yeah yeah i i, I absolutely hope so too i guess we'll see um but yeah i think the, the future of pro play is murky. Hopefully it ends up good for the people who are really into it. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, just hope it sure. ends up good for the, the boys hanging out at the LGS. Right, for sure, for sure. So if there are any updates on the a new OP system, uh, you know you'll hear about it here on Gutshot. We'll definitely have something to, to say about it. And uh, like Fred said earlier, um, what kind of OP system do you want to see? Uh, let us know. We want to hear all of your thoughts, uh, any comments, whether you agree or disagree with us. So comment in the YouTube comments, or you could tweet at us at GutshotPod. And I absolutely want to read any comments that we get on air. And, uh, you know, start that dialogue with you all. You know, hey, we love you. Yeah, yeah, we really do. And we would appreciate having stuff to read on air. Uh, even if you just want to call us like SJW Soy Cucks, we'll read that on air. Absolutely. So let's move away from that. I think we got our end segment here. We are doing something brand new. And this was your idea, Fred. Do you yeah. want to explain it real quick? I'm incredibly excited for this. You can call this Art of Kieran. You can call it Jaunty's Aether Art. You can, any pun you want. Uh, art of, we're taking art of magic cards uh, that we are pretty sure the other person knows. Describing the art to each other. Now, keep in mind, neither of us have much of an artistic background. I know the term negative space, and I use it in every discussion of art because it makes me feel fancy, and that's the extent of my knowledge of art. And I believe Will is about the same, probably knows a little bit more than I do. Um, but we are going to try to exp describe the art of cards uh, to each other and see if the other person can correctly guess what the card is before we run out of clues. Uh, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I will go first. Um, All right. So move on to here i'm pulling up my notes here okay first clue and i want to hear i want to hear your best uh guess after each after of each clues, clue yeah. if you would if you would like um first clue this guy looks very nonplussed for a very stressful situation mm. uh now i know that that's half of the magic cards but uh, yeah um i'm immediately thinking like uh one of the counter spells where the dude's kind of freaking out. Um, there's a counterspell with Urza on it with the like fancy hat. Maybe it's Urza's Rage. That's not a counterspell. That's like a different no. card. I was <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Give me another. Yeah, not, me another yeah that's, that's a lot. Okay, uh, clue two. Uh, this could absolutely be an extra from the movie 300. Oh, uh, a Crowan Crusader. Oh, uh, oh hey. a, uh, it's a crow and something. Um, but it's, it's the red dude that uh, has like inspire, make a one one with haste, and he's a red one one. No, no, not not quite, no. not quite. Uh, clue okay. three, clue three, a Coca Cola commercial on a card. Oh, Ugh. I feel way less <laughs> ready to answer this one. A uh, Coca Cola commercial. He's going to be an enchantment type dude, and his body is going to look like fizzy Coca Cola. That's what I'm thinking you're saying there. Um, hmm. Hmm. What's your guess? What's the white? Uh, what's the white eidolon that's not eidolon of rhetoric? Oh, there's a couple of them. Um, uh, hopeful eidolon is is what you're thinking of. Maybe, yeah. 
But I'm uh, guessing no. that's not it, or you wouldn't have told me. Okay, give me another clue. No, that's not that's not quite it. Um, so this is. Um, Oh, I don't have any other clues. Uh, okay, yeah, that that's my last clue. Um, okay, so this is a guy. Uh, I'll, I'll, okay, ba based on the Coca-Cola clue, this is a guy drinking from a bottle. So that plus all the other clues. Uh, give me one more guess, and I'll tell you. It's not Afara, God of the Polis, right? No, no, it's not okay. that. This card is Revitalize. A, uh, oh, god damn it. He is uh, hiding behind a wall, a very short wall, uh, and uh, you see the rain of arrows coming down, and he is just sipping on some some some. That would have given it to me. Yeah, and uh. hold. Yeah, so he's holding um, a um, a spot on his uh, chest that looks like it's um, hurt, but he's he's sipping. He looks happy. He's just enjoying that drink, and you can see that uh, where he's grabbing his uh, torso, it's healing. So he's 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 doing pretty okay, even though he's being uh, rained down by arrows. Um, yeah. So so you you knew this card. So you you are aware of this card, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't keep my bits in. I uh, I got owned on that one. Damn. I think the rain of arrows would have given it to me though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the three hundred was a little um, uh, obtuse. Yeah, that put me on Theros, which I think was incorrect. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Okay. All right. So good. Good choice. Uh, some great um, uh, guesses by you. So why don't you give me, um, uh, you know, the the um, clues for your card? All right. All right. Um, so uh, we got an angel exploding in ink-looking stuff. Ooh. Okay. Um, hmm. Exploding. So ink-looking stuff. I wonder if that's like beams of light or like, if you're saying ink-looking stuff, I'm thinking maybe uh, Innistrad. So I'm going to guess that it is, hmm, maybe one of the named angels from like uh, Eldritch Moon, maybe like a Bruna fa Failing Light or something like that. I will go ahead and say no to all of the angels from Innistrad. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the next clue? All right, it's the face is turned away from the explosion in a sort of shock and horror. Oh, okay, okay. Mm hmm. Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, I'm not up to date on my angels. You you say angel, and my immediate thought is just restoration angel, uh, because that's the um, <laughs> um, hmm. Um, I I know it's not restoration angel. Uh, it's probably um, it's probably not even the Zendikar angels. Um, I'm gonna say uh. It's not um it's not Baneslayer Angel, is it? No, no, it's not. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I need I need another clue. Alright. They're dropping their spear and their feathers are flying away from them. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So it's like they're they're dropping their spear. That almost makes it seem like it's a um a removal card. Okay, alright, I'm thinking about this this wrong. It's not a it's not angel, it's a removal card. Um uh it's not hmm knowing you this is probably a modern card and you know that i know a lot about modern what is mm -hmm. a is it cast down no no okay, unfortunately right. okay all right um i'll give you your last clue uh the background goes from gold to gray it's sort of like a gold gray scale hmm. the whole the whole painting is basically just different shades of gold and gray okay okay mm hmm oh geez Oh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on this one. Uh, I still think it's a kill spell um, that is playable. I'm thinking maybe Orzov. That kind of is. Hmm. is it? Oh, oh, is it sudden spoiling? No, unfortunately, okay. um, you were right about it being a removal spell. If that had happened earlier, you may have ended up guessing it right. It is bituminous blast. Oh, the removal okay. spell with cascade. I wasn't anywhere close to that, but now that you're saying it, I absolutely get that. Can, can you describe the art a little bit more? Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an angel um, sort of getting hit by this inky black shot. I was I gave that to you as your first clue because I was trying to throw you off and make you think it was on New Phyrexia, but it's um, okay. it's being shot by some. This is of course the original art, not the promo art. Um, but uh, getting getting shot by this sort of stream of black ink that's like covering it. It's sort of um dropping its spear its feathers are falling off and its face is kind of contorted um it's obviously dying to the bituminous blast there but bituminous blast is the the the, the spell that deals four damage to a creature and has cascade uh, and it's oh, a five yeah. drop it's three and a red and a black for sorcery 
Yeah, for sure. That's that's a good that's a good one. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, reaching out. You know, I should have known that because I used to play uh, Jund back when it was like the best uh, uh, standard deck. Back that's in why the I days. picked this one. <laughs> yeah, I played I played a lot of that card. I'm uh, disappointed not getting it. Um, okay, are you ready for my uh, second card? I absolutely am. Okay, okay. I know I know you know this card. So okay, this character looks like they just got back from a long day at the circus. Ooh. Tron players? Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, ooh, uh, Judith Scourge Diva. Oh, that's a gr- that's a great choice, but no, that is not is not Judith. Uh, this character is the dual wielding champion for nine straight years. Ooh, uh, damn. Uh, I'm I'm fairly certain it's Rakdos um not like literally Rakdos but like a Rakdos card um dual wielding champion for nine straight years okay since you said nine straight years I was thinking something from the 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 return to return to Ravnica block uh but it can't be that if it's nine years is return to Ravnica nine years old um Uh, it is yeah yeah yes it is yeah shit okay so it's something from the Ravnica set from then uh i'm gonna just go rakdos guild mage no no it's not okay. although i i really or like where you're... review guild review guild mage whatever the the rakdos guild mage from the yeah. return set is but no. i uh it's not that but i really like where your where your head your head is going there um but okay. um so i i love your train of thought but you are kind of off quite a bit but okay oh. australia the card Ooh, uh... i think this is a good one i think this is a good one the knife juggler is a hearthstone card um australia the card australia the card looks like they just um, got back from a long day at the circus dual okay. wielding champion for nine years straight australia the card ah is it um The the eternalized double strike creature from uh, Hour of Devastation. It was like uh, an F and M promo. Adorned Pouncer. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was a there was another one. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Okay, it's not okay. the one that gives all your equipped creatures double strike, is it? Uh, no, no, it's not that. You're you're quite you're quite a bit off. Um, I okay. don't have a I don't have a real fourth clue. But um, Australia, the card means that the card you, you know the meme where Australia is the art like, is upside uh, down. Is upside down? Does that oh, does that okay. kind of put you in a different? Does that put uh, you on, yeah. on a different path? Yeah. Oh, uh, shardless agent. Yep, you got shardless oh, okay. agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. All right, I at least got one. All right. <laughs> so you know, I, I it was I was almost gonna say a day at the zoo because you know when you go to the zoo you get like the face paint and you get like a, like a um, a tiger yeah. face put yeah. on you. But yeah, no, they definitely look more like a um, like a circus jester or, or or something like that. So yeah, I guess I I would have the filigree probably would have given it to me, but I guess you didn't want to make it that easy. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so dual right. wield, dual wielding. Of course, they're holding the two blades, but they yeah. also have cascade. So it's like you get your two ah, two, and then you get I something see. that you're cascading in. Dual wielding, nine years straight. This was originally printed in uh, Plane Chase Two, which is also about nine years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. It turns out I'm the clown for not getting. <laughs> okay, I think we have one more. What is what is your uh, what are your clues for me for our last card? All right, we've got a uh, scowling lady with sort of like a DMV employee vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Scowling lady. Hmm. Okay, probably not an angel. Um, I'm going to assume this is probably... Is it braids? Like the, the black braids? No, braids is like smiling. Really creepy. Oh. Oh, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, that, I, again, that's probably like half of magic cards. So uh, I, I yeah. need another clue. All right, there's a griffin on her pauldron. A griffin on her pauldron. Okay, so pauldron, I believe, is the armor that is on a um, it's on a um, uh, on a shoulder. It's like shoulder armor. So it's yes, probably yeah. all right. So it's probably a scowling kind of knight character. Um, I do play a lot of those cards. Um, mm-hmm. hmm, scowling knight. That's a, that is um, a female presenting. Um, 
Oh, um, I want to say, oh, I don't know the name of it. It's, um, I'm thinking of the card from Conspiracy 2 that's clearly like a Brienne of Tarth, uh, Game of Thrones uh, reference, where she has like the short blonde hair and she's like looking down at you like the pathetic meme. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't think that that's it. Uh, what other scowling? Is it, is it, um, is it Thalia? No. Okay, okay, I need another clue. All right. Walking through a village of stone houses with wooden beams, wearing a fancy hat. Thraben Inspector. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. The last clue I had for you was her hand exploding into pink crust, which I figured would have given it to you. I do not even remember that part, but okay, yeah. Um, I think that the Thalia, I guess, kind of got me in the idea of... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, I didn't uh, want to say Innistrad. you were close, because then I figured you'd immediately get it if I just said that that was... If I told you you were hot with that guess. <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thalia really brought me away from, like, the... Uh, uh, like the big tangent that was very far away uh, yeah no no that's yeah that's that's a great one i think that uh magic needs more scowling uh dmv employees in it right maybe we can go yeah, to absolutely. like uh maybe in, uh, when we return to return to return to ravnica we can um uh see what their dmv looks like yeah the azorius dmv <laughs> for sure well that was a lot of fun um uh, yeah i like you... that in segment do, do you think you might want to uh revisit this sometime do this again sometime oh, i thought it was for a lot sure fun. yeah yeah, I think this okay. should become a staple. This and random card reviews. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, thank you so much for watching this. I think that you are... Yeah, why don't you do the outro? Let's wrap this one up. Alrighty, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Gut Shot. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at, War at Fred Asby, although I'm no longer active on there. I've kind of stopped using social media. Uh, but you can find me on Twitch at War Crimes Uwu, where I stream a little bit of Magic, uh, some Hades, some old GameCube games, uh, Pokemon, etc. Just kind of a variety gaming channel. Um, Will is at Agro Rhetoric on Twitter, and you can follow the show on Twitter at GutshotPod, where we are tweeting inflammatory things at Mark Rosewater. As as any active Magic Twitter account should do. This has been Gutshot. The scornful egotist of magic content creation we will see you next time <laughs>